to Media Plus from the Mac Observer. I'm your host, Charlotte Henry, and this is our look at the world of digital media and Apple's place within it. I'm really excited today to be joined by my Mac Observer colleague, Jeff Butts. Um, hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Thank you for coming on the show. It's your first time here. It is. It is. Thanks for having me, Charlotte. Um, I'm oh, looking delighted. forward to it. it should be delighted. Fun. Yes. Well, there's... We'll do. Let people tell people a bit about yourself, first of all, but because there's also a very specific show we want to discuss that's just come out. But kind of give us a little intro. Give us Jeff 101, a little introduction uh, well, to your kind of digital media habits and what kind of things you like, dislike, that kind of vibe. Sure, sure. Well, um, you know, I'm not I'm actually not big on watching TV or movies, but if it's sci-fi, I'll usually give it a shot. Um I've I've gone through all of the uh, the Marvel series that have come out recently. I'm up to date with the Mandalorian. Can't wait for Obi Wan to come out. And um, and yeah, if it's sci-fi, it'll usually grab my attention, and I'll I'll at least give it a shot. Well, it's almost like we planned this show, Jeff. Because you think you think? almost almost don't give it away. But with the main reason what we wanted to discuss is the big new blockbuster that has come to Apple TV Plus in recent days, which is Foundation. Uh, it's based yeah. on the novels of Isaac Asimov. It's created by David Goyer. And it's, it's a very, very big production, isn't it, Jeff? What, I've watched the first episode. I think you've watched the first two, both of which yep. came out on Friday. Um, First of all, just as a general thing, what have you made of it? Uh, it is the the production is just gorgeous. Um, the 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 planet, you know, all of the the landscaping, the cityscape. Um, it's just amazing. It's it looks like something that. Really, you know, twenty years ago, you wouldn't have seen something like this on on a on a weekly series. It would be reserved for blockbuster movies in the in the theater. Yeah, it uh, it was the first thing that struck me was just how stunning the whole thing looks. Um, mm. It's so I, I have to say, and I think you're the same. Neither of us have read the books. No. Um I've I've read some Asimov. I I believe I read iRobot. Okay. Many many years ago. Um but other than that, no, I've never read any of the books. So I'm coming to this with a fresh perspective. You know, no preconceived notions. Right. So my my only preconceived notion is that I'm not a huge personally sci-fi fan. There's some bits of sci-fi I like. Um, well, we can't all be perfect, but, but I'm not a huge, huge sci-fi person. Um, but this is, there's been so much excitement around this series and so much talk about the series. It was really a big coup for Apple TV plus to get it. There have oh, been adaptions yeah. of, um, foundation before I believe, but they're not for a while. And this is, it's been quite a big deal to get this. So you're quite right that the first thing you notice as soon as you turn it on, is quite how stunning it is, how stunningly produced it is. It's mm -hmm. on a scale of, I mean, I, I haven't watched C on Apple TV Plus, and I imagine that has similar grand vibes, but I think this is 
even next level. This is spectacular production. Um, the way it is put together, it's really quite astounding how it looks um, from the opening sequence onwards. Um, and, and it shouldn't surprise us, given no. how Apple usually is about you know anything they produce. Sure, but but still, it's it's it is surprisingly well done, considering it doesn't come out of one of the you know more well known studios. So yeah, I'm. I have to confess, I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, as I said, and I wasn't sure what to expect when I was coming into it. I mean, I'd seen some trailer clips and whatever, and so mm-hmm. I knew it was probably going to look pretty impressive, but I wasn't sure it was going to be the type of thing that gripped me. And I have to say, I'm kind of intrigued about it, and that's lucky because apparently there's going to be up to 70 or 80 episodes of it. Um, you up for that much? What are you thinking? It's a lot, right? Um. You know, I I, I don't, I don't want to I don't want to spoil things, but it really depends right. on where they go in episode three. They 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 kind of they kind of yes, yes, ticked yes, yes. me off in episode two. Uh, but no, we'll see what happens. Uh, my big criticism, and tell me what you made of this, is I thought some of it was a little bit. I didn't think it was so easy to follow as it could be. You know, there was a lot of jumping around between time, place. Which I I know is a kind of typical sci-fi thing, yeah. but and they they could it, have on from the opening episode it didn't make it as easy to get into the story as it might have. Right, right. It, it wasn't so clear when and where some things were happening. Um, you know, we're kind of left wondering. We're kind of left wondering about some things, um, like who is this right, this person absolutely. that rescues the kid um, on Terminus? I'm, I'm pretty sure we know. Yeah, who you she kind of is, get an indication but, at the end of episode you know, we don't one, know yet. but and um, there's a lot more to play yeah. out. Yeah, and and that's I think that's in its favor because that you know it's like. It's like the serials of when I was a kid where right. you know they would they would just end it on a cliffhanger. It's and it's, leave you wondering. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an intriguing one to see how it plays out because this is the type of show I think that could be a really really big breakout hit for Apple TV Plus. It could be the type of thing that makes people subscribe oh, to it. Oh for sure. Well even that, and yeah, pay exactly. For their it, it is the type. It does have that potential, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's got the books that have a big following. There's lots of people who love all sorts of sci-fi and will love mm-hmm. this. There, there is the potential there, isn't there, for this to be a real breakout hit if they get it right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't really looked at the buzz since this weekend. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How the the hardcore Asimov fans are reacting to it, but um, I think I I, I want to say that the reception from the general public should be really good. I mean, it's very well done. It it's got it's got the the high sci fi aspect of it. But that's interesting. Explain what you mean by that. It's it not. I, I I sort of know what you mean. It's not a word that I immediately jumped out to me when I was watching it, but now you've said it, I know what you mean. Kind of explain where you came from that. 
No, the the grittiness. For, for, for what, which what, one? What the the high sci-fi or the grittiness? Sure, you'll, because you'll, that's when they're on terminus. It, you'll see and... it more in the second episode. Um, well, right. I'm not even talking uh, about yes. on terminus. I'm talking on Trantor. You mm-hmm. really, you really start to see the personalities come out in the three emperor clones. I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Carry on, but I want to come back to the the emperor clones. You, Sure, sure. Yeah, you'll you'll see more of their personalities come out. Um, you'll see the the turmoil that's mm-hmm. going on inside each of them about certain things. Um, you'll find out more about the blonde whose name yeah, I yeah, keep the, kind of site what who appears to be psychic or something like again. that. Right, right. Who you don't really know what she is unless you've read the books right. or looked on the so Asimov. Let's movie. let's give listeners who may not have watched it and are making the decision whether to watch it based on you and I. Well, the power is all ours, Jeff. Um, let's let's mm-hmm. give a bit of context. So this starts. Absolutely. There is Doctor Harry Seldon, isn't it? Is the kind of central figure. And his mathematics has basically caused yep. an absolute rupture, as you were with, as you described the empire, the emperors. There's three of them. They are d- dawn, day, and right. dusk. Yes. Um. And yes, ascending dawn. Um. I can't remember yeah, so the middle one. What basically, his full name is and yeah. And, then and they yeah. they're brothers. They refer to each other as brother, and um. They are they are clones, as you said, and are ruling mm-hmm. the empire. But we learn very quickly that Doctor Selden's predictions have predicted the end of of their reign and of the, their dynasty's reign and the end of the empire. Um, he's accompanied by Gale, who right. he has brought over from another planet, because um, she has we learned quite early on worked out some mathematics and worked out his theory and won a competition. She has and. Did you? Did you? Right, she won the competition. Now, did you get? Did you get how unusual it was for? Indeed, her so to on, even be involved. Right in on the island she is from, given on where planet. She was from. Sorry, she's from. So, as we come to learn, science and mathematics is basically banned, isn't it? And so, and right. then because yep. at the beginning it's not particularly clear why she's fleeing the island and leaving her parents, but. We can assume that is the reason. So we've got all of that going right. on quite early on, um, which is really interesting. And like the scene with the parents is beautifully acted and very emotional. It's again a very good example of the high production values you were talking about earlier, Jeff. The sequence of her leaving on a boat oh, and yeah. getting onto the ship is it, like it's all stunningly done. Um, so that that's the context, and that those are the characters. Yeah. And yeah, the the three emperors. There's a kind of there's a little bit of comedy in there, isn't there? They hinted it with um, particularly the kind of eating. They're, they're having a grand meal, aren't they, early on where we see them? And they kind of are completely mimicking each right. other, how they eat and talk and lift their hands. And that's quite funny. That's quite nicely done, I thought. Yeah, yeah. And and just their their interactions are are really, really interesting um and i mean the the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is just especially ascending dawn 
mm. you know, that, very that well acted for child young actor. boy is very well acted and how he reacts to some mm. of the things that, that, you know, we would consider horrific is, is really on point. You can see, yeah. you'll see the turmoil building in him. There's a, and, there's a couple of incidents yeah. early on where you see like the older clones, because the point of the clones is apparently they are developed they were made at different points in age. So one's very young, as we've said. One is kind of the classic kind of prince. I wouldn't like to guess how old he's meant to be because we're talking in different time states, but kind of yeah. is a young, good-looking, handsome actor. And then you've got an older, the older clone as well. Right. Who's and they don't particularly do father figures, but they they are there is a sense of fathering the younger, the youngest. Yeah, which is quite nicely done again in that sequence with the, the roast pheasant and whatever, where they're teasing yeah. him about a song and you know, whatever. So all of that is very nicely done, but obviously mm-hmm. there's a element of cruelty and of wanting to hold on power with these characters, um, even even the littlest one. And there's this, I I found this really kind of, and you're meant to kind right. of scary. The kind of enjoy the peace, constant refrain. Respect and enjoy the peace. That's uh... yeah. Respect and enjoy the peace. As and 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 yet they're they're training this boy. Yes, and of course the irony is that there isn't peace because we always, we learn very early on in episode one. There's there's fights and wars going on. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. We see very early on there's wars going on in other parts of the galaxy. Um, and yes, it's clear peace is not. I mean. Obviously, the central event of episode one as well is, is an attack, is a terrorist attack. What did you make of that sequence, by the way? Yeah. So, and, you know, we shouldn't have been surprised. Um, this is really shaping up to be kind of a, a dystopian sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that there's going to be resistance to the Empire and such a massive attack shouldn't have surprised me but it did and as soon as i saw those two men sweating and looking nervous i thought oh no yeah this is about to get real this might sound very strange to you jeff but um as a london as a londoner uh i sat watching that sequence sort of I don't know, quite tense because obviously we, you know, in a different way to 9-11, but we, we had the attack here on the underground and public transport yeah. networks in London. Yep. And kind of watching that play out, it, those attacks obviously meant to, the attack as depicted in Foundation is obviously meant to be based on those kind of attacks, aren't they? And it was oh, sure, it was quite sure. hard to watch, actually. And you see the little, oh, the, the little yeah. girl sitting on the transporter, and you can kind of guess what's about to happen next. It, it, that was quite a difficult sequence, actually. Very again, I'm, the production values of that are off the chart to pull that off. Right, but I mean, it's it's meant to grab our attention <laughs> to to shock us, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, it it sure did. And then um, seeing the stock just come crashing down. Over so much of Trantor. 
Right. So this was my other, this was my question of like, I don't want to say realism because we're dealing in a world of sci-fi, but Mm -hmm. given what we know about the empire, the point the attack happens and how kind of wowed Gale is by the infrastructure of Trantor, Mm -hmm. a couple of bombs going off to bring the whole thing to its knees seemed a bit off kilter to me but perhaps that's the point right perhaps that's the point that you know harry selden is making that everything looks great but is actually very fragile oh yeah yeah i i think that's completely it i mean he's warning the emperors that everything's going to come crashing down around them and then it quite literally does and then it does right you know they they dismiss it they say he's full of it uh they they try to get Gale to discredit him and uh and then you know their link to tourism to immigration to everything is destroyed if only there were some modern current events that we could think of jeff that we oh i know that we could make a play and a comparison with i i just can't think it but you know if only there were hey uh, yeah, if if only. Um, um, I, I think I think our I think our listeners will pick up. Yeah, on the you know the need for the the fear, but power that science and maths can hold, and the importance of those mm-hmm. in the world. I, I just can't figure it out, but um, it's very cleverly done, and I, I think that the thing about it is the epic scale of it, right? So, yeah. We've already been in early on. We're introduced to at least two worlds, possibly more. Uh, well, four, really. Right. Um, I, we've got Trantor, we've got Gale's world, and then yes, the term, two outer worlds. Yes. Plus, we do see the opening sequence on what we learn, later learn is Terminus and the it's kids Terminus, running yep. around there. So actually, we've made it to yep. five already. Um, yeah. So the scale of this, I mentioned earlier that there could be 70, 80 episodes of it. The scale of this is almost never-ending, isn't it? We are, oh, absolutely. We are kind of in Star Trek, Star Wars territory where you can go where no man has gone before, if you like. The, the, right, right. And I guess that's why Apple was so keen to pick up the, oh, yeah. such a series. I, and- now, do I can't remember because I watched both episodes mm. this weekend. Um, the lines are blurred. Sure, that's okay. Do did you catch any hint of the scale of the empire? How many planets were actually involved? Yeah, well, they talk about this very early on, don't they? Um, they, we, we, as you say, we see ambassadors from two very mm-hmm. early on. We and we know that those are on the outer fringes. So yeah, of the galaxy. do you know what it kind of reminded me of? And this might be a bit mm. silly, but you know the bits uh, at the start, of the bit in Star Wars where Luke is first taken to the bars and those kind of things. A little, yeah. By the a way, I bit, hope Kelly's um, listening to this because she'll be very proud that I made a Star Wars reference. Right, right. Well, and and the uh, one of the diplomats reminded me of the 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 diplomats in the very beginning of the phantom menace right now perhaps the argument here is actually how much influence isaac asimov's work has on modern day sci-fi uh yeah and and also i think how much the existing 
sci-fi catalog influences what directors and producers yeah. are doing uh, now. And also how we as viewers perceive it, I think. Right. I think right. you're absolutely because right. Because we, you know, we're we're not coming into this as blank slates. No. We we all have certain movies and shows that we've watched and we're gonna pick up those similarities. Sure. Yes, the the child prodigy in this, there's a now you told me something quite interesting about this. Apparently the the actor that plays Gail is not as young as we, we're meant to think. No, and that, you know, I think because of her height. Um, I haven't looked up any stats on her, but if you look at her next to Raish, yes, she looks like she might be 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. In actuality, in actuality, Lou Lobel, um, the actress that plays Gail, is I want to say 25 or 26 years old. Right. It's a yeah. It was quite astounding when you told me that before the show. I was a bit like, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you start off thinking this is some young, just entering teenage years kid who's who's been yanked away from her family because she's a a mathematical prodigy, and she's actually a little bit older than that. Yeah, so Lula Bell was born in nineteen ninety five. She's twenty six years old. Uh, she's mm-hmm. obviously meant to be playing a character that's a bit younger than her, but. Yeah, um, a bit, but not not much. But I don't um, think much. No, but she's kind you'll, of. You'll 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 find out in the next episode. Yeah, that, she's kind of. Yeah, but she's she's quite childlike in some ways and very mature in other ways. It's, she's a really interesting character, actually. Oh, very, very, very rich. She's got a lot of depth. Yeah. Um, it cracks me up whenever she starts reciting prime numbers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she does um, that, and it? that's and. That's that's her form of of meditation and prayer. Yeah, and um, we do see the religious element as well in the opening episode, which is quite interesting. Which we haven't actually delved into that much, have we? The religion that that she's broken from, and yet she hasn't. And yes, you'll, you'll see more of that. You see that um, in the first episode when she goes to to visit one of the priests of her religion. You know, at at the only part of her religion that still exists on Trantor. Yes, that is um, a quite. That's quite a powerful sequence, actually. Oh, yeah. Again, there's actually there's a bit about that I didn't like. Actually, she you have this very powerful moment where she asks Rach to take her to to the um to her church, the only church I, I think mm-hmm. that's meant to be on her on that planet. It's the only one left on Trantor, yeah. And she speaks with the priest. It's kind of I think it's meant to be sort of their version of confession or something that. That's the play, I think. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to her back in a sort of hotel room and then back again. And it's those kind of things that uh, I did, didn't quite work for me, the kind of cutting back and forth. Do you think well, I'm being I, too I fickle? Think, um, I don't know that you're being too fickle, but I think what, what you have to, for me, it boils down to it's showing how torn she is between the two worlds. Yes. And and we got a glimpse of that when she was leaving. Yes, absolutely. And and now we're see, we're seeing it continue. She wants to embrace her mathematical and scientific um excellence, but she also wants to be part of her people. She and she, she can't be. Um 
certainly maintain some kind of connection with her people. She wants to maintain those ties. She's branded as a heretic. And even though she doesn't always show it, it's it's really taking a toll on her, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and when we watch her flip back and forth, yeah. yeah. And what did you make, finally, of the role of Harry Seldon? We know what he's meant to be. He's this mathematical genius who has brought up a very big following. And as we said, the em- emperors are worried that that will bring down their reign. Um, what, but he's also quite a manipulative character. He's not, you know. He is. Well, and you know what? I almost wish they'd picked a different actor for that role. The only thing I've ever seen him in before this was um, an Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. So I had a hard time. I had a hard time taking him seriously. Um, In Mr. Deeds, he was a complete jerk. Um, Sexist. It's, J- um, it's J- Jared Harris is the actor you're talking about. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah he, it is. he played Mac, Mac something or other, who was the the head in charge of the tabloid that was trying to tear down deeds. Right. It, but at the same time, that manipulative nature of his character there does bleed over into Harry. Oh, that's interesting. I got a little bit of a vibe from the Mosquito Coast as well, where you're not quite sure if the protagonist, you like them or don't like them, but you kind of think they're very clever. There was a bit of that going on. I think it will change as the season goes on. Um, but it's... Uh, yep. You've kind of convinced me to stick with it, you know, Jeff? Good. Good. I mean, I think I think it's a good show. Um, like I said, there, there's a part of it that's that's got me a bit angry, but that just prompts me to to keep watching and see where they go from here. Well, w- perhaps when we get to the end of the series, we'll have to have you back to uh, have a little chat about it, and we can see if I've made it through and see what you made of the whole lot as well. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on Media Plus for the first time. Tell my lovely listeners where they can keep up with you and your work um macobserver.com uh i i write there regularly um i also do a, a few articles now and then on howtogeek.com and you're on the twitters at clefmeister as well aren't you i'm at clefmeister on twitter um uh, at clefmeister or yeah i think that's the only only one I really use. There you well, go. Recovering Phoenix. Yeah, Recovering Phoenix 72 on Instagram. There you go. So you can keep up with uh, all Jeff's stuff over there. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. You can, of course, keep me keep up with me over at themacobserver.com as well. Let me know what you thought of this show, um, of Foundation. Leave some, you know, emails at observations at macobserver.com. Drop me a tweet. Love to know what you think of it. Will you keep going with it? Um, And hopefully you'll join us next week. 